0: You're listening to the weekly teaching podcast of Willamette Christian Church in Westland, Oregon. We hope that what you hear today inspires you to laugh, question, think, and grow. If you'd like to connect with us even further, hit us up online at willamette.cc or shoot us a direct message on Instagram or Facebook. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. Good morning, everyone. So good to see you. Uh, before we jump into the message, regarding Willamette Kids, regarding Night to Shine, uh, I, I know you know this already, but I just want to emphasize it. There is there is nothing like engaging with your local church, being a part of what God is doing. I'm so glad you're here uh, to, on a Sunday, but we don't want you to just attend here. We want you to belong here. We want you to be a part because that is where relationships and ministry and, and, and purpose take place. And there is an incredible need right now in Willamette Kids. How many of you are glad that Willamette Christian Church has a need for Willamette Kids Ministry because there's so many kids? Can I get an amen from somebody, right? Um, just to let you guys know the need, uh, we're about uh, completely maxed out just in our K First classroom. We need to divide and conquer and open up an entire new classroom because of the kids that are filling up the rooms. And so this is a real need, a real invitation. And from Night to Shine, we, we had over over 350 people volunteer at night to shine, but we want to continue for that to be our lifestyle, not just a one-time event, uh, including serving. So if you're at all interested, there will be people in the lobby. Look for the orange balloons. And actually, on the back of this connection card, tears off just like that, uh, this is a different, a different back of the connection card than normal, where you can check a box of what you're interested in, and you don't even have to talk to anybody. Eventually, you will. But you don't have to talk to any one today. You can just check a box, put it in the Giver Connect box on your way out. We'll follow up with you. It's not saying you're in. It's saying I'm interested. So if you're at least interested, we would love to do that. Again, I'm so grateful that this is an engaging church, serving church. Night to Shine was so much fun. People have been saying this. I've been saying this. Our mouths are sore from smiling so much. Come on. Can I get a witness from somebody else out there? Um, again, we're just so grateful. It was a great weekend and we're excited to take these next steps together. Well, let's get into the series that we have been in for a few weeks now. So if you're just now joining us, we'll catch you up to speed. But you picked a great Sunday to join us. We've been in the series called A Different Kind of Happy. And we've been looking at how Jesus invites us to pursue a different kind of life. That leads us to a different kind of happy. And to look at that, we've been looking at what is known as the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew, uh, the Gospel of Matthew in the New Testament, chapters 5, 6, and 7. It's Jesus kind of preaching. It's a, a sermon uh, to a, a crowd of people who had a lot of hopes, a lot of desires, a lot of wants and wishes. And he spoke to them to align them, get their, their paradigm, their perspective correct on what it is to respond to the invitation that God has for us all. And at the very begin, beginning of the Sermon on, on the Mount is what is known as the Beatitudes. And it is this list of blessings that Jesus says, hey, when you follow me, when you enter into my kingdom, this is what life is like, and you will be blessed by it. And most of us, when we think of the word blessed, we think of like, oh, I'm going to get, like, what's being blessed when I have money, when I have health, when I get what I want, that's a blessing. But this is a different kind of blessing, and it leads us to a different kind of happy. So every week we've been looking at the difference between uh, a normal kind of happy versus a different kind of happy. Normal happy is normal, right? It's the things you look forward to. It's the things that make you smile. There's nothing wrong with normal kind of happy. And if you've been here the last couple of weeks, I've been sharing with you some of the staff uh, and, and their answers of, of what's on their normal happy list. And today I'm going to continue it, but I'm going to do it a little bit different because there's like a game later today. Uh, any of you guys hear about this game? So there's also, I, I've been told, people have been correcting me, there's some big golf tournament as well that some people are more interested in. I don't know about that. But There is a football game later, and so instead of just a normal happy list, this is our staff uh, normal happy list Super Bowl edition, okay? So uh, here's what came up on the list. Rich said this, hosting people in our home to eat and spend time together with no agenda but to watch great... Commercials, right? Oh yeah. And some football. How many of you are on the commercial happy list? Like you're looking forward to commercials. Okay. Okay. There's even some Jesus commercials today. I don't know much about it, but like, I'm like, Hey, more Jesus better than less Jesus. Let's go. Uh, uh, Zach said this. Zach said, going on a run because no one is on the roads. <laughs> if you're still kind of trying to figure out who Zach is around here. Zach is our middle school pastor, and he runs constantly. Like, that's all he does, and that's not true, because he's a great dad, he's a great husband, but he will not be watching the game, he will be running. I will not be running, I will be on the couch. Anybody else gonna be running during the game? Yeah, that's what I thought, okay. Uh, uh, Last one, last one, my wife said this, uh, being grateful that the Seahawks aren't playing so Brian doesn't lose his ever-loving mind. Okay, she did not say that, okay? I, I totally made that up for It's still true. See, I knew it. I, I knew it. This is what 25 years of marriage, I could just, you know, yes. Um, she's like, can we, just, can we just watch the game? Can we just like eat food and have friends and not you be crazy? Like it will take the Seahawks not playing for that to happen. So that is on her normal happy list. Um, but here's the deal. When it comes to this, uh, this series and what we're looking at, normal happy versus a different kind of happy, this is what we know about normal happy happy, just like a game, your team can lose. Normal happy can be wanted, but not actually experienced. Normal happy is, is, uh, is, is where we get the phrase, happiness is fleeting. And so often, normal happy doesn't actually satisfy. And rather than the circumstances working out or the team uh, winning in your world or life working out in your world, Jesus came with this beautiful, different kind of message. And he taught this, that God can be found and lives can be blessed in the midst of disappointing outcomes and unavoidable pain. That you don't have to have everything go right or get everything that you want. In fact, in in the inverse, that, that even when things don't go your way, when the marriage doesn't work out, when your team does lose, in a more important way, when life, when you are experiencing loss and pain, Jesus lets all of us know, in this world, A, that will happen. But B, in the midst of it, you can still be blessed. You can still experience a kind of happiness that isn't circumstantial. Normal happy is based off of happenings, things working out right. But Jesus has a different kind of happy where we experienced a blessed life because of who God is and what he invites us into. So we've been looking at this word blessed, this Greek word makarios, and it's this idea of an invitation to extend or to make long an announcement to whom God has extended his kingdom. Supremely blessed, fortunate, well-off, happy, there it is, or happier. But it's really this this extension, where God is saying, in this Greek word, he's extension, uh, extending, saying, I want to invite, I want to extend my kingdom to you. And it is a blessing. You will be blessed. This kingdom will be a blessing. And he's saying, I want to do something, or I am doing something. I'm bringing in my kingdom. And if you want to be a part of it, it's going to look like this. It will be a blessed kingdom. It will look like this. And if you want to be a part of it, this is what it will look like. I was talking to um, my friend Jordan um, this past week, and he was mentioning something from back in the day from author Seth Godin. And I love the phrase about kind of this idea of creating culture, because this Sermon on the Mount was like Jesus having his own vision night for the church. He's like, gather around, gather around, sit down. I'm going to teach you and we're going to create some culture and I'm going to cast vision of what I'm inviting you into. And when uh, Seth Godin wrote about this uh, previously, he, he uses this phrase, and I love this phrase, and it's simply this. People like us do things like this. Jesus basically was saying, Hey, just so you know, my kingdom is full of people, and people like us do things like this. He's casting vision. He's saying, Hey, just like we've had a vision night here at Willamette, and I'm like, Hey, if you go to Willamette, uh, if you're a part of this, I'm so glad that you are. But people like us, are going to do things like this. And some of the things we do are like night to shine. This is what we do around here. Night to shine represents our our values of uncommon humility and radical hospitality and sacrificial generosity. And we do things around here that is a lot like that. And it looks like sometimes night to shine. Jesus was basically saying, hey, I'm creating a kingdom And if you want to be a part of it, good news, you're invited. But just so you know, when you accept the invitation to my kingdom, people like us do things like this. It's culture. It's vision. It's who we are invited to be, just like some of you. We'll go to a Super Bowl party later today, and there will be a culture there. There will be a, this is how we do it around here. And if you are a Kansas City Chiefs fan or a Philadelphia Eagles fan, my guess is, especially in Missouri and in Philadelphia, there is a culture that will take place if you are a fan because you will want to be around people just like you. In fact, here's a picture of these fans. Let's take a look at, yeah, check this out. I mean, we need to cut this guy off right now. Okay, this guy needs to be done. You've hit your limit. Uh, Chiefs fans, check out this little girl down here. I don't know if she is like, help me, save me. Or if she's like, that's right, Chiefs, let's go. I don't know. I don't know what she's thinking right down here. Uh, but here's the deal. I, I think you would agree with me that, that when it comes to Eagles fans, they're like, hey, just so you know, people like us do things like this, okay? And cheese fans are saying, just so you know, people like us do things like this. But Jesus, Jesus is saying, I'm gonna do something different. By the way, I did this last year, I need to do it again. Super Bowl prediction. Right now, I'm going to give you a Super Bowl prediction. I want to let you know ahead of time, my heart, my heart is with the Chiefs. But if I have to pick a score, here it is. Eagles 27, Chiefs 20. I think the Eagles have it. You go ahead and root for who you want. But if you want to know the Lord... No, just kidding. The Lord... (laughs) Just totally joking, totally joking. This will be so off, I don't know. Uh, but, but anyways, here's the deal. Here's the deal. When it comes to the kingdom, Jesus is saying, blessed are you who, who live this out because this is what my kingdom is. People like us do things like this. It's an invitation but it's also setting the tone and the expectation of what followers of Jesus will choose to enter into, receive power for, and act like. And so the, the blessing that we're going to look at today, each week we are looking at a different blessing from the Beatitudes. Today comes from Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, where Jesus says this, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. People like us do things like this. Jesus is saying, hey, if you want to follow me, great, 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 great. But just so you know, you don't get to just believe in me and then go do whatever you want because my kingdom, my kingdom doesn't look like that at all. What I'm doing isn't like that at all. I'm inviting you and I'm paving the way and I'll even empower you to do it. But you need to know that people like us do things like this. And he's saying, blessed, happy, fortunate, well off are the meek. The kingdom of God is extended to the meek. And I don't know about you, but when I see the word meek, not many people are going, that was the first thing on my happy list. You know, get a raise, you know, be healthy and be meek. You know, like that's, that's on my normal happy list. In fact, when we think about meek, I think a lot of us, and maybe it's personality driven, but, but I think a lot of us are like, what does meek even mean? and some of us probably have this question i had this question is jesus basically saying blessed are the weak is that what meek means and if so, Jesus might need some new PR or some new marketing or something because that's not, a, that's not a high invitation. Hey, come on, come on, I'm gathering all the weak people and it's gonna be great. It's like, can I go to the chief's party instead? I think those are my people instead or, or am I supposed to be a part of this kingdom that is a little bit different and Jesus is painting this picture and he's saying, blessed are the meek. Why do so many people think that meek means weak? The answer is, I don't know. Honestly, maybe because it rhymes. (laughs) Because when you actually, and this is so important, when you actually look at what meek means, it is beautiful, it is phenomenal, it is incredible. Look at what it actually means. It's this Greek word prose, and, and it means controlled power, gentle strength, confident humility. It's a person who could, exhibit power, but instead chooses to be gentle. It is this picture, if a meek person, picture like a just strong, muscular, brand new father. I know I don't represent this very well, young or strong, but but picture like this this new father, he's muscular, strong, holding his brand new newborn baby. He has all the strength in the world to toss that baby 50 feet and catch it. I'd be like, hey, new dad, why don't you wait till the baby's six months, okay? Like, just, just slow down. But, but all the strength, but chooses with all that strength to be gentle. It's all the confidence, but it's with humility. It is a beautiful picture. It is someone who, is, who knows on the inside who they are. And doesn't have to flaunt it, doesn't have to prove it. For some of you, um, you're into MMA or boxing, and there's always the way in, and then they face each other, right? Again, I'm gonna do really bad at illustrating this out. Um, but you, you've, you've probably seen, even if you're not into MMA or boxing, you've probably seen the guy that's like, like puts his chin right up on that guy's chin, or puts his fist like right up in his eyes, and then the other guy that just kind of stands there, you know, and just like, Bro, I don't, I, don't need, I don't need to do that. And then you see the fight and the dude that's just standing there just whoops up on Mr. like, oh yeah, what's up now, right? This, that's a picture of meek. Oh, it's it on like Donkey Kong, but I don't have to show it because I, I'm confident of who I am. In other words, let's get this right. Meekness is not. Meekness is not a doormat. Meekness is not fragile. It's not lazy. It's not sluggish. It's not defeatism. It's not timid. Jesus is saying, blessed are the meek who are confident, but reserved, who don't need to exercise all that they have because there is a quiet strength. Let's go back to the text. The meek shall what? Shall inherit the earth. Jesus says, you will be happy. It's a different kind of happy. I know it's, it's more normal in this world to like show what you got, but you will be blessed. You will be meek and, and the meek in God's kingdom will inherit the earth. In the Greek, we won't go into the details, but it, it kind of means what we think. It's land, when you inherit the earth, it is land that is received and then owned. It, it, is, it is, and this is so important, it means, it means that they don't buy the land. It means that they don't have to borrow the land. It means they don't have to rent the land. It means they don't have to, this is super important, they don't have to take the land, when you inherit the earth, you would simply receive and then own. That's a good picture. I don't know about you, but just like, hey, you don't have to work for it. You don't have to take it, and you don't have to rent it. It's just given to you, and then you own it. Take that high mortgage rates. Come on, somebody, right? Like, like it, wouldn't that be nice? That's amazing for all of us. But imagine, imagine the people listening to Jesus share this message. Uh, and oppressed people who never in their lifetime, they would have no chance, no chance to, to experience owning this kind of land. But Jesus goes to them and Jesus says to them, blessed are you, you will inherit the earth. Justin, let's go to the next slide. It's so important um, before we get there. When the, G- Jewish people, when the Jewish people heard Jesus say this, it meant something to them for two reasons. When the Jewish people heard Jesus say, you will inherit the land, it meant something for two reasons because the people who, the crowd that had gathered They longed for their promised land, the land, the literal land that they were sitting on. They longed for that land to be theirs again. It had been taken from them, and they wanted to take it back. So when Jesus says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth, that was kind of mind-blowing. But the second reason why Jesus... Uh, why why they were responding or why why it meant something to them is because Jesus was actually quoting a psalm that the Jewish people, those who were hearing this message, would know. Psalm 3711 says this, but the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. Jesus, in Matthew 5.5, was quoting a psalm, Psalm 3711. And when we read this one singular verse, it's almost word for word, but it's important to know this, and I actually learned this doing some, a little bit of study, that it was a Hebrew, a Jewish rabbi technique that when you would throw back and quote a scripture from the Old Testament using one verse, it was a cue to the hearers at the time, hey, I'm going to, to remind you of this verse, but this is, a, this is basically your homework or have it memorized to know the entire context context of that verse. So when Jesus says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth, he's saying, hey, remember Psalm 3711? You need to right now, as you're wanting to take back land, as you're thinking, I'm here to bring back this land to you, I'm telling you to be reminded of Psalm 37. And because Jesus would expect the Jewish people to do that, I think it's important for us to do that as well. So I'm going to read Psalm 37, the first 11 verses. And I want you to think, of your own life, when you really want to take matters into your own hands, when you really want to flaunt what you have or exhibit the power and the strength and the rights that you have, I want you to think, just as the Jewish people were then, think of this portion of scripture that Jesus wanted those hearers to hear. Psalm 37, verse one through 11. Do not fret because of those who are evil Or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. And we finish with verse 11. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. God is saying to his people. Look, I understand that you see wickedness. I understand that you see injustice. I understand that, that people have wronged you. And I also understand that it feels like you have the strength and you can retaliate in a way that will make you happy. But he's saying, don't do it. Do not live that way. That is not my kingdom. That is not how it works. I will fight for you. Refrain from wrath and anger. It will not satisfy you. And in that portion of Psalm 37, 1 through 11, it's this reminder that there is good news. The Lord is coming. He will do something about it. You will receive an inheritance, but through meekness. This is so important. He's saying, listen, the land, the rights that you have, whatever it is, it will be given to you, not taken by you. And it is for those who put their hope not in themselves, but their hope is in the Lord. For those who trust in God in the midst of injustice, in the midst of disappointment, in the midst of pain, rather than retaliate. No, 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 I don't need to. Because I'm meek, why? I, I've got strength, I've got confidence, but the battle belongs to the Lord. I, I don't have to prove myself, because I know how this is all going to work itself out. So I don't need to enter into anxiety. I don't need to enter into, to fr- I don't need to enter into violence. I take delight in the Lord in the midst of my afflictions. I trust because the meek will inherit the earth. And friends, this is so important for this message. This might be the most important point of all the Beatitudes, especially right here for meekness. Your job, if you're listening to me in person or online, your job is not to go out and try to be meek now. And this is true for all the Beatitudes. Your job is to not go out and try to fill in the blank, be a peacemaker. Your job is not to, to uh, go out and try to be merciful. That's not your job. Your job is to seek the Lord, trust the Lord, allow the goodness of God to change you on the inside out because our strength, our power to be meek, to be merciful, to be a peacemaker isn't in us trying harder or better, but by depending even more on a God who is taking care of everything. That is the message of goodness. Not, you're not doing it well enough. Stop being angry. Stop being so, hey, no, no, no. No, I'm going to seek and fix my eyes on the one who has made the way. He is the one. And he empowers us by his Holy Spirit. This is what separates Christianity from all other religions. All other religions say, hey, work your way up to God. You need to improve your life. Stop doing what you're doing and improve. And that sounds to some people like Christianity. It's just not good Christianity. It's not truly the scriptures because the scriptures are not work your way up to God, but God worked his way down to us. And he extends his kingdom, not by us taking it or making it, but by entering into it, by putting our hope in God. Let's look at it this way. The meek don't freak out, nor do they take matters into their own hands. They put their hope and trust in God. They don't freak out. Oh, but Brian, do you know what's going on? We got to do something about it. Yeah. But where's your hope? Where's your confidence? So important. Jesus is saying, hey, uh, this is a promise and I know that you've been promised land. Because they had. They were literally sitting on physical earth that had been promised to them by God. It's not like a leader. It's not like a president. You know, State of the Union. You're going to get this. No, you're not. You know, like it, it's, it was from God. God's like, this is your land. And so the people were like, God said it. I guess we need to take it. Wrong. Jesus came to set the record straight. But people when Jesus was speaking this message, had all their own kinds of ways of how they thought they could get their land back. Everyone, different personalities, different types, but they were all putting it on themselves to try to figure out what they needed to do to get ahead in life. Here's a list of the types of people in Jesus' day. Um, Let's put up this list. The tax collectors had the alliance approach. Okay, Rome's in charge. Uh, I'm going to kind of sell out the Jewish people. I'm Jewish, but I'm going to sell them out. I'm going to align myself with Rome, and I'm going to get some property. I'm going to get some, some way forward. There were the Pharisees who had the religious approach, and they're like, if we obey the laws of God good enough. If we're, and we are going to just be sticklers. And if we can just be religious enough, then maybe we will get what's rightfully ours. You had the Sadducees who kind of had a religious slash political approach. Like, hey, we can, we can kind of talk our way into this. And then you had the zealots with a violence approach. We're, we're, they were done. We're, we're taking back what is ours. But Jesus said, none of these is right. The meek approach is right. Author, theologian Scott McKnight, I'm a big fan of Scott McKnight. He he talks about the difference this way. He says, The meek are unlike the zealots who used violence to seize the land. The meek choose to absorb unjust conditions in a form of nonviolent, non retaliatory resistance that creates a calm, countercultural community of love, justice, and peace. It is this different approach that Jesus is saying. I'm extending my kingdom to you, but just so you know, people like us do things like this. And there are a bunch of people who believed in God but wanted to do it their own way, and Jesus is like, it's not gonna work. Not not in my kingdom, because here, here we do it this way, and actually the kingdom that I'm extending, the kingdom that I'm bringing, what you will see one day in its totality will be a kingdom of meekness. So this is the way. And you might read this and you might be doing some math in your own head and thinking about the injustices of this world and what's going on. And you might be thinking, Brian, are you saying I'm not supposed to care about injustice? Are you saying we're just supposed to keep our mouths shut and not do anything? No, I'm not saying that at all. There is injustice. There is a time to speak up. There is a time to take action. No doubt about it. But I am telling you, and I think you will agree with me, that most of the time what we want to do is start with retaliation, not start with meekness. We start with anger and revenge and getting back and taking what's ours. We start there. And Jesus is saying, you will never respond correctly unless you start with meekness. Unless you start with, guess what? It's going to work out. God's in control. The, 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 the battle belongs to the Lord. He goes before us. He's paved the way. My confidence is in my secure future, and I don't have to worry like I would if that were not true. But we have a lot of people who believe in Jesus, who want to boycott everything, respond to everything, get angry about everything, and they start there. And Jesus is saying, the way into the kingdom is with meekness. You could go do that. You have the strength to do it. You're actually right. There's some wrong, but start with meekness. There is a place for action. There is a place for response. There is a place to raise your voice, but we must start. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the land. We need to say, I follow Jesus and I have a different kind of resolve. One that says this, I will not violate the character of Christ in order to get what I think I deserve. Come on, somebody. Maybe we just need to say that out loud. You don't have to, but I'm going to invite you to. Let's say this out loud. I will not violate the character of Christ in order to get what I think I deserve. (sighs) Jesus, help us. Because injustice is real. Pain is real. People do horrible things. And the Jewish people had experienced horrible things that would make it very natural to be a tax collector a Pharisee, a Sadducee, a zealot. And Jesus is saying, I get it, but I'm offering you a different kind of happy. He's not saying you can't have authority. He's saying, I don't need to prove my authority. He's saying, it's not that you can't be wealthy and have money. It's that I don't have to flaunt my money. Blessed are the meek. Oh, I've got it. I I don't need to flaunt it. I, I want to use it. There's a a greater goal, a more secure future. The meek will inherit the earth. I think it's so important for us to get this because Jesus didn't just uh, teach this. He wasn't one of those people that are like, I'm gonna tell you what to do, but I'm not gonna do it, you know. Do what I say, don't do what I do. No, Jesus was the perfect model. If you're here today and you're like, coming back to faith or investigating faith or wondering what Jesus is like and there have been Christians or people or churches or whatever that have really repelled you from faith, can I just encourage you? Fix your eyes on Jesus because he is the true example. I am a poor example. We are a poor example. Together we're broken. And the invitation is we're all admitting that we're broken and we are all fixing our eyes on Jesus because he is the one who didn't just say it, he modeled it. He came near to us. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29 says this. Uh, this is Jesus talking. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle. There's the Greek word for meek. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus is saying, I'm trying to explain God to you. I I am God in flesh. I am representing. If you want to know what God's like, look to Jesus. And he's saying, learn this meekness from me. Learn from me. I, I want to teach you some things. And I want to teach you in meekness. And I want to teach you with meekness so that you can embody meekness He cares for you. Some people, when they're coming back to faith, they're like, "I don't know. I might get struck by lightning." Some people said that about night to shine. They're like, "I don't know if I can go in there. Crazy things will happen." No, no, no. I get it that you think that because you know it's been a while between you and the man upstairs. But uh, guess what? As you get to know God, God is not looking with lightning. He's looking at you with meekness, with care. He is gentle and humble. He could and has all the strength too. That's our God chooses to refrain because he he is meek. And the result of that, rest for your souls. This is a different kind of happy. A different kind of happy because retaliation and anxiety and getting ourselves back is not rest. It's exhausting. Later in Matthew chapter 21, we're going to wrap up the the message today with this picture of Jesus in Matthew 21. It's this um, entrance into Jerusalem on the week uh, that he will be crucified. And his entrance into Jerusalem, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the name that is above every name, isn't so grand. Look at Matthew chapter 21. This is a quotation from the prophet Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. But this is the picture of Jesus right here. Say to daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you, gentle, meek, and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Jesus came to inaugurate his kingdom in meekness. Some of you know this, just a week earlier, there was a different kind of entrance into Jerusalem. Herod would come, and this would be the, the case often, would come and remind the Jewish people who was in charge, and he would come with all of his war horses and all the pomp and circumstance and all of the people, and they would wave and they would shout the king of kings and they would, they would say, you know, hail to Caesar. But here came Jesus through a different gate entirely, did not go through the same gate as Herod, through, through a different gate and not pompous. He had children laying down some, some clothes and, and waving some, some branches and, and saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, very different from a majestic king. And it is a people longing for their king to come. And the king has come, but he has come in meekness. And it's not a humble brag, it's not like, well, I'm just gonna do this and then kind of get back to my kingly stuff. This is how G- who Jesus is. He stays in this character because it is his character. First born of a Virgin Mary in the stable all the way to his crucifixion. And Isaiah chapter 53, in the Old Testament, again, gives us a picture of Jesus on the cross and it says this in Isaiah 53. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. He came in meekness. Jesus conquers sin and death and inherits the world. Literally, this now becomes, when you conquer sin and you conquer death, the kingdom is established. Jesus has inherited now through his crucifixion, has inherited the earth but he did not take it by force. Not like those that we think of who take land by force. Not like Alexander the Great. Not like like Napoleon or the Crusades that they have to take the land. And that is such good news for you and I. Because think back to Napoleon and the Crusades and and Alexander the Great. How did they take the land? How did these leaders, these kings take the land? By sending out their, their people to shed their blood so that they could have their land back. Track with me here. Because Jesus does the opposite. Rather than send his people out to have their blood shed to take back something, he goes first. He sheds his blood. He sacrifices in meekness so that we can simply receive and inherit the land. Our God is good. Our God is great. And he is worthy to be praised because our God is a God of meekness. This is who he is. And this is his kingdom. And one day we will inherit. Followers of Jesus who say yes to him will inherit, we will receive. We will not take, we will not buy force, we will not have to rent. We will simply receive and own because one day heaven will come. And in between, we are representatives of this kingdom. We are, we are bringing meekness to this broken earth. We are bringing the fruits of the Spirit, we are bringing the Beatitudes, not because we try harder, but because the more we fix our eyes on Jesus, the more he changes the way that we are. I'm gonna invite the band to come up as we prepare for communion. If, if you wanna hold on to your elements of communion, um, we'll partake in just a moment. But I wanna wrap up with this picture that we have of Jesus in Isaiah chapter two, verses three and four. It says this, he will judge between the nations and settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Friends, one day, our future will be inheriting an earth ruled by Christ And it is a beautiful picture where there are no more tears. There is no more injustice. There is no more need for weapons. You take the swords and you beat it into plows, your spears, beat those into pruning hooks. Because we are going to inherit the earth. And in the meantime, we are invited. The kingdom has been extended to you and you will experience a different kind of happiness in the midst of your tears, in the midst of disappointment, in the midst of people doing some really, really wrong things. And we can respond the way we need to respond to injustice. We can raise our voice and take action where that is appropriate. But I will tell you, especially in American Christianity, Anyone who claims to follow Jesus needs to look at the Beatitudes and specifically meekness and say, God, I want to start here. I want to start with this understanding that you're in control and I don't need to take matters into my own hands. Guide me and lead me by your Holy Spirit. If you have the communion elements with you, we're going to just take a couple minutes. I've been talking a lot. I do that for a living, actually. But I'm going I'm to stop talking And I'm going to just provide a couple minutes for you to respond to a God who comes to you in meekness. What you have in your hands, if you received the communion elements when you walked in, is a piece of bread and a little bit of juice. And Jesus invited his disciples, anytime you gather, do this in my name. And the bread represents the body of Christ that was given for us. He went first. He sacrificed. He went through pain. So that you and I could be healed. The Jews represents the his blood that was shed for the forgiveness of sins, which means no matter who you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter what kind of shame you're holding on to or regret that you have, we have a God who comes to us in meekness. He will forgive you of your sins. He will guide you forward. That's why we have it's a new day in our lobby because God's a God of new beginnings. And there will still be tears and brokenness and there may be consequences and you have to work through it in this broken world, but God is with you and he will never leave you. Some of you are here today and you would say, Brian, if I'm honest, I'm in church, but I'm far from God. And you know it, you know it. You might believe in God, I don't know. Maybe you claim to be atheist, I don't know. But here's what I do know, that you can believe in God and still be far from God. Here's my encouragement. Don't come all the way to church and not all the way to God because he will meet you. He sacrificed to extend the invitation to you and all are invited. So during this moment of reflection, respond how you need to respond and maybe it might be Jesus, I need you to be my savior. I need you to forgive me of my sins. I put my hope and my trust in you. Others of you, you prayed that prayer a long time ago. But this is this reminder, Jesus, I want to respond in meekness. I need to be reminded of your meekness towards me. Let's take a couple minutes and then we'll dismiss with a song and a benediction at the end. Go ahead.